I'm done with him. Okay, I, I almost got the wrong one. All right, let's let's get going. I'll we'll count it down. Three, two, one. Well, it's not being recorded, is it? Now it is. Is it? Okay. Yeah, I got going. I see it. Sorry. No problem. All right. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Good, the Bad, and the Nerdy Movie Podcast. We're doing our second video episode. Yay! All right. Um, uh, first, uh, below me in uh, in Tennessee, Mr. Will Coden. That's me. And to my left and uh, on both oh, sorry, on my right and on both sides, we have at DragonCon, Bruce Hunter and Valley Cross. Hello. I'm just, I'm in the spirit. Yes. <laughs> All right. So uh, our last video one we did was about uh, the movie that almost destroyed the Walt Disney Company. That was The Black Cauldron. Today we're talking about a movie that just celebrates 15th anniversary, the film that made so much money that started the great Disney purchase game, which, which led to them buying Pixar, Marvel, and Star Wars. That would be Pirates of the Caribbean, Dead Man's Chest, the highest grossing film of 2006. Which was not then surpassed until Toy Story 3, if I recall. So, it was. Yep. It was good stuff. I mean, I, I, I have a feeling we're going to make a movie based on the Bruce, we couldn't hear you. Okay. Uh, well, someone else talked to <laughs> well, let me talk about this film. So I love the original Pirates of the Caribbean, Curse of the Black Pearl. One of my favorite movies, period. I mean, it's not my favorite movie, but it's in that top 20, probably. Easy, maybe even the top 10. I've never broken it down. Um, I absolutely adore that. Uh, I adore the ride. I adore the movie. I was shocked at how good the movie was compared to, you know, I thought it was going to be complete garbage. <laughs> Yeah, I so have no faith in things they base on rides. I, this, yeah, they, like, it's a ride. It's a movie. Yeah, it, yeah. it did really well. <laughs> but yeah. I, would, I, was, I was, I mean, it's up there with Pitch Black as a movie I thought was going to be complete trash going into sea that ended up being amazing. So kudos to that. And obviously there was going to be a sequel. We all knew there was going to be a sequel. And we got Dead Man's Chest. I'm going to let somebody else talk for a bit because... I have feelings about this movie. I think we all saw this in theaters. Did we all see it opening weekend? I didn't see it opening weekend, but I saw it like the week after. Honestly, I saw it weekend. I'm trying to think if I did see it in theaters. I, I may have blotted it from my mind. <laughs> Valley, I know you saw it in opening weekend. Oh, of course I did. I was probably dressed like this when I saw it. <laughs> Yeah, uh, so this film was massive hit. I mean, 2006 had some big movies, but this was a huge, huge... I mean, so... Oh, and to some degree, it's deserved, and to some other degree, it's not. Um, I probably have the most critical take on it of... I want to hear this. I want to hear your critical take, because I, I need to hear the other side. My critical take on this basically boils down to the characters all went backwards for the sake of going backwards, so they didn't have to think too hard to write the story. I have a different take, which is they the writers decided they wanted to take parts of Empire Strikes Back, parts of Return of the Jedi, and parts of a SpongeBob episode, <laughs> blend it into a script, 
and got what they came with, which is, oh, I really enjoy this movie. Is it the best Pirates movie? No. Is it fun? Absolutely. It is it, fun. It, it has fun sequences. Like, but here's the problem. First story was showcased everywhere. So what I mean by that is, it's like, um, so I'll give you another one. PS4 Spider-Man made the best Spider-Man game I've ever played. And the new Miles Morales game is more of the same, but it's more of the same. Like, the fact that they got the web screen right is glorious, and it felt like a great thing, but, like, it's not enough to sustain another entire enterprise of art, like the novelty. I, I feel exactly the same about this franchise. It's not able to draw more stories in because it was so complete in the first iteration. I can see that. I mean, the first film does kind of open it. It's pretty closed. It's open-ish, but there's no carrying plot line, per se. It's like, it's a perfect one and done. Mm-hmm. They, they didn't know what they didn't know. They don't want to make plans. But I mean, and I, I see why they want to bring more of it. Um, I just, I don't know what you do. Like, if you put me in this writer's room and we're going to go do this, I, I would be like, can it even be done? And then this is a good attempt. Like, the story is some piggyback add on stuff, the Baby Jones material. It all looks great. The characters are not as fresh as they were first outing, but they're still working well. They're still playing pretty well. I will disagree with you there, Bruce. I don't think they play well together. The reason being is because in the first film, the whole premise of the first movie is built on Will Turner needs Jack Sparrow and Jack Sparrow needs Will Turner to accomplish their goal. Oh dear. To accomplish their goal, right? That's what they need. They need them to, you know, get the Black Pearl to save Elizabeth Swan. They're unlikely companions and they don't trust each other. But over the course of that film, that trust builds up, right? And at the end of it, they trust each other. That last sequence where he's like, he didn't waste his shot. Uh, it's perfectly encapsulates everything about that film. Now, is Jack Sparrow still shady at the end of that film? Yes, he fucking is. But you sense that he at least has some trust, that he can put his trust in certain people, and that while he's a skeevy, shady guy, like Han Solo, he now has some people he can rely upon. And this film takes all that away and says, throw it in the trash. We don't care about it. Nobody trusts anybody. Everybody backstabs. And it's, We're it's, all pirates. It's, it, it's pirates, but like you can't rely on that. No, no. Yeah. For the main character. You could have made the first movie where everybody was a pirate. It's, it's the problem is this, that you had an ingenue, two of them really. And they're, they're pretty jam trustworthy people. And like, yes, it's arguable that she gets more into being, uh, you know, chaotic. She yeah. finds her inner chaotic evil. Uh, I mean, but like, oh, it's hard. I find, I agree with you. But on the other hand, the characters are still pleasant. The banter is delivered. Like, I, I can see a fan enjoy it. Yeah. So we should point out that if you read the for the first movie, Johnny Depp's character was more supporting. He just kept improvising and improvising and improvising. He basically stole the film 
mm-hmm. and made himself the lead and got nominated for Oscar for Best Actor and won the SAG Award. So this could not be, to say this is his most successful role, it's by far. So when they came to the next movie, they had to insist he's the center of the film, but they still have to make Will and Elizabeth important. Now, the other problem is they did decide they were gonna make two and shoot them back to back. So you gotta have this plot line that has to carry over to the next movie. So mm-hmm. they, had, they had to build character issues. I might have done his, Jack Sparrow's next adventure and these two are very minor, and maybe he goes back to them, tail between his legs for help. That would be the way I would have done it. See, that would have been better. And they also shove a ton of plot into this film. So in the first film, the supernatural element is there, but there's basically the one, right? It's the chest of gold that was cursed, and everything surrounding the chest of gold is basically the only supernatural element in the movie. Everything else is pretty grounded. I mean, mm-hmm. I think we can all agree on that. Yeah. In this, they shoved the supernatural elements in, like, the whole concept of Davy Jones's locker, which is just slang for bottom of the sea, turns into a thing, and now there's an actual Davy Jones, and they take the Flying Dutchman, and they cram that in there, and they mix in a whole bunch of other, like, pirate lore, but it's all kind of jammed together into this huge supernatural nonsense pile, you know, pile that the audience has to try to absorb. And they couple that with this sequence on the, on the island with Jack and the cannibals, and it's a good sequence as a separate sequence, but uh, it just serves to waste time. And you know, I, think for, I think for a lot of it, you were right, where the first movie was pretty much done, closed. Like, they weren't expecting to do a sequel to the point where Kira Knightley actually cut her hair for a different part she was doing. So in this movie, she's wearing extensions. Like, she, they, they were absolutely not sure they were doing another one. So I think riding off the coattails of the success of the first one, they were just trying to find everything they could do to throw into this, to keep it rolling, because that was a, a new cash cow that people were loving. So I think you're right. They were putting so much stuff in that movie. It was so fun, and they, they made it fun, but well, there the was a lot. That, <laughs> what happened to the Creative space for 17. The answer is this is now a new Disney pillar, and we're going to make lots of this. We're going to make new rides because money. So, again, I look at this as a good attempt that was probably a damn year process. Right. I just don't think it was impossible. This was the Jack Sparrow show starring Jack Sparrow. Everybody get on your knees and give him the sloppiest blowjob you can because it's clearly the most, I mean, my God, everyone sucks his dick in this movie. Oh, yeah. Hey, it's disturbing. So, again, they went to into that. And I don't know why, but I would have been able to studio. Or the actor himself, like, puffing it. But, like, yeah, that, that was studio telling them, no, no, more of that. No, more of that, more of that. And they're not artists, and they're just saying, chase, you know, chase the actors. Like, what are we going to do now? Oh! We should point out that the all the advertising for this movie, including the who said Captain Jack is back. They went, du- they doubled down on this in Jack Sparrow's movie, even though he stole, Johnny Depp stole the movie the first time. So they knew he was the star. They knew everyone was quoting him all the time. Like, where, why is the rum gone? Is you know, hit the uh, everyone was saying after that movie. 
So they, right. they knew what the fans went. They knew that Will Turner was not that that character. <laughs> but a great example, us being a Dragon Con. Okay, I was I've been doing pirates since before these movies came out, and the number of Jack Sparrows that started showing up at Dragon Con after the that first movie, and then especially after the second one, was astounding. And we still see them this year. There's still you know quite a good number of them, but you don't see you don't see you know Will Turners. You don't see a lot of Elizabeth Swans. You see Barbosa, very well done usually. But, yeah. That's because it's a good cosplay. Yes, but for the most part, I mean that just it blew up. So yeah, I mean they they were definitely riding on his success and making him the star because that's who everybody liked. Sure, yeah. but in universe, there's a lot of dick sucking too. Like especially the end of this movie, they're like, "Oh, Jack's dead. Oh, he got eaten by the Kraken." You know, spoilers, I guess. But they're like, yeah, we gotta go get him back. We got why do you have to specifically go get him? And why is everybody all of a sudden ready to crawl into hell itself for a guy that in the last movie you made fun of repeatedly? Like, he's just not enough time has passed and not enough deeds have been done. The writing is wrong on this. It's too it's 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 fan fiction. And it's convoluted fan fiction because they're trying to build a universe and a franchise. I hear you. I don't know that the they could have done like what like unless they had the creative freedom to do a different film than they were instructed to make. I don't like I don't know that you make the good fan service sequel. I don't think it could support a good fan service sequel. They would yeah. have had to do something different but adjacent. Like again, a, a completely separate Jack Sparrow con where he's sketchy with a new group of people and then he has to go get his friends. Maybe they betray him and he has to go back. You know, they could have made it, but I know that like Disney's not gonna dream like that. Well, how long was it between those movies? Because I don't remember. Like how long did they have to write that second one? Yeah, so it was basically two and a half years uh, between the um, Curse of the Black Pearl and this one. And then the next, then we literally have uh, World's End Less than immediately, year, yeah. Because you know, yeah. well, they shot it simultaneously, like the Lord yeah. of the Rings films. Yeah, that's and, not a lot of time and, uh, to, to write a whole, you know, good script and all that. I mean, that's really not a ton of time from release date to release date. It's yeah, not. So but... year and a half. You got them both back to back, and there's something we should point out also: the fan service that, like Bruce talked about, they put more in, in the third movie. The third movie is mm -hmm. full of fan service, which is worse. Yeah, right down to you know. Yeah, even the uh, gag about the pirate code is, you know, they all, they, they, made, they made sure everything was paying off in the third film, which is, you know, mm -hmm. the curse of when you uh, try to back. So, but. Go ahead. Um, oh, well, I was just going to point out my secret Metacom experience. I am wearing my Doctor Who scarf because I feel that Doctor Who is a modern Everything has to be bigger, better, more on point. The doctor has to be a and the monologue has to be epic. And like, how many times did it boil down to the doctor making the statement of his actual purpose as, as the pinnacle and the highlight of the story? But fan service is demanding those moments, but they're not artistically proper anymore because they are in the context of the multiple repetitions. This franchise is doomed to every subsequent attempt being worse because quite honestly, the first film was enough. 
It was the Simpsons of the Pirates. Yes. (laughs) Well, kind of, except the Simpsons went on for many, you know, there's a good 10, 15 years of Simpsons where it ranges from pretty decent to, oh my goodness, amazing. And people can argue about that. And only in the later years does it really, you really start to see the decline and the reason for decline being the fan service bits. Mm-hmm. This Tom sort of made that jump for me at the second movie. And I was like, whoa, let's step back. I mean, and I don't hate this movie. Like, if I had seen this movie first, right? If this was the first movie of the Pirates of the Caribbean series, I'd have been like, yeah, this all makes sense. You see what I mean? Like, it would make more sense, like, who's the main character? Yes. That if this was the first film. But the fact that I saw the other film first... Yep. which is a better film. It is just flat out a better film. Oh, yeah. Even though it has less in it, technically, it is better crafted. The story is tighter. The characters are fun. Um, and in this, they're fun, but they're, they're different characters. Their characterization is different in this film than in the first one. And the, and the, the disconnect there is what really sets you up. Like, if you open with... I mean, you could even open the series with the the wedding of Elizabeth and Will, and no one would care because we've never met these characters, And you, but you, they, they get characterized throughout the film, fine. So you have a full, complete set of cast, you have a full, complete set of characters, you understand what's going on, and this would have been a great jump-off point for a very fantastical pirate uh, adventure series. Unfortunately, you have the anchor... <laughs> of the first movie dragging at these super fantastic elements going, hey, remember when this was more grounded and more interesting? Remember that? So these other movies just can't go as fast or be as good simply because they carry around this anchor behind them. And just like Doctor Who, Doctor Who has the weight of history behind it. Uh, Star Trek has the weight of history behind it. Star Wars has the weight of history behind it. It's a Mm -hmm. problem with franchises but the fact that this one gets that weight so damn fast is truly a miracle of filmmaking. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, let's Tom, do we have a budget for some like Blackwater guards here? Because we just shit on Star Wars, Doctor <laughs> Who, Pirates of the Caribbean, at Dragon Con. I'm going to be killed. Well, I'll, I'll follow up and say I've got some stuff to mitigate it. So hold it to the end. Harley Quinn is overused. <laughs> You're now just rubbing shit. You know, it's funny. So We're I, will hiding now. All of this. I will counterpoint all of this. So Harley Quinn is overused, but her latest animated series is a breath of fresh air and people need to go watch it. Star Trek has the weight of history dragging it around, but Lower Decks is amazing. Go see it. Uh, yes. <laughs> Star Wars has so much weight, but you know what? The Bad Batch is great. Go see it. Right. <laughs> So they can make new stuff. And I would love to see an animated Pirates of the Caribbean series that's just Jack Sparrow, the younger days or something, where he learns about being a crazy fucking pirate from a bunch of... It, from, he, like, he starts off as the straight man, and you see him evolve into the character you got today. I think that'd be a good... Describe Solo. <laughs> no, because Solo's bad, because we already know where the character's going. Okay, well, Funny Rod Young is... Disney put out three young Jack Sparrow... Uh, novels for kids right before this movie came out explaining how he got the black pearl from uh, Davy Jones and also how he got his uh, burn from uh, Cutler Beckett so it, there actually are they may they actually were going that route and for some reason decided not to go all 
Well, if it had the same writing crew as this, then I understand. Well, they, they, they might have made the calculation that Johnny Depp was in, like the character, and you can't run, you can't you know, run it back in time. I, I still think you could do an animated series here in that universe and do something fun with it. Like the adventures of those two uh, Marines from the first film that you never see again. No, remember, they're in the film. No, the, the, the two pirates are, but the Marines are not in this film. No, they are. Are they? They bring them back to the third film. I don't remember them being in this film at all. And I just watched it. They're in the third one. They get brought back to the third one. Oh, they're in the third one. Okay, so yeah. But you barely get to see them. in Like the first film, like their adventures would be hilarious. Mm-hmm. I agree with that. You could do a whole series about it. Yeah, see, that's a case where they decided to go into spaghetti. Because I think, once again, they saw who the, who the fans like more. Because those guys should have been hung. There's no reason they would magically the, the dog with the escape and find the ship. But you know, they they become the R2 and 3PO of this series. Which is, you know, uh, and that's kind of what they were aiming for. They need to keep these guys as the plucky comic relief. Which they were kind of wore in the first one, but they were supposed to be more like the sinister one. And But something else we should address. The first film has Barbosa as your villain. That's a, you know, Jeffrey Rush, th- top five, like, best villain performances. This one we've got, we've got basically got three villains. If we kind of count, Norrington's kind of keep constantly double-crossing everybody. But we got well, Danny Jones, which is, by the way, a very good um, CGI motion cap performance by Bill Knight. And we got yeah. Beck, who is, like, the most swarmy dick possible. And, you know, so you got to have them both five because they're in the next one. Yeah, I think you're right. I think they spread their villains a little bit too thin. It's, it's, I like it better when you have one set villain. And this wasn't even like two villains that were on the same side. They were really pulling. Or you could do like they did in Avengers Battle of New York, where there's the hint of the guy behind the guy. Mm-hmm. But you let Loki shine as the front villain on it. Yeah, it wasn't like, you know, a hierarchy of villains. They were trying to have way too much going on. And we also have the Kraken, which is this, I mean, it, it's the, uh, you know, it belongs to um, Jones, but the point is you've got the Kraken as this other threat. And by the way, I will say this, there's some things in this film that are fantastic. The first big attack of the Kraken on that ship that yeah. uh, uh, Will escapes to, that's some of the best, like, special effect editing and use of uh, music no, that you can get. Now, that's where I would argue that they clearly maintained or improved through the series. It's very readable action sequences and it's heavy CGI, like all in most places. Mm-hmm. It doesn't, it's not aged badly, unlike no. much of the early thousand stuff. Um, that's Disney doing with this best. It actually yeah. has laid the groundwork for a lot of stuff. I don't know if you guys have seen Jungle Cruise yet, but some of the characters in Jungle Cruise, they CGI are like, you can tell they are direct descendants of these characters from the movie. I mean, well, I the CGI done. they do. Oh, it's good. It's fun. I mean, I recommend it. <laughs> I, I don't have a problem with the technical execution of this film. I think the special effects are fantastic, like you guys mm-hmm. have all pointed out. I think the action sequences as sequences are pretty damn good. The fight on top of the wheel is hilarious and wonderful, and I enjoy that sequence very much. Yeah, yes. and that's the second time Will has to spin. When he's in that, <laughs> that bone cage, they make him spin. Like the, the writers were just joking, how many times can we make Orlando Bloom get you know, motion sickness? Because it was clear they <laughs> had to spinning him throughout this film. Right. Um, but- I, I got I to point out a little personal connection. So uh, they made this movie, they shot it in 2005. A lot of it was in Trinidad and Tobago. 
Jen and I, we got married in 05 and our honeymoon was in Trinidad and Tobago. We got there like two weeks after they left. And I, we, I, our honeymoon was on that main beach where the black pearl was. You're uh, lying right now. You no. tell us that story, your honeymoon, you met Johnny Depp while you were at a bar and he was in the <laughs> Motherfucker, this is when you lie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, trust me, there will be pictures of me and him doing uh, shots together. Well, now I want to like Photoshop a bunch of shots. The, predict- the pictures were all confiscated by a production system, and it wasn't internet then, so you had to have the SIM card, the motherfuckers took it from you. And maybe you signed an NDA. Please start lying about this time. <laughs> It's actually based on the real, you know, Trinidad is where the Caribbean uh, yeah, uh, cannibals are from. So the whole Caribbean name is from the, the tribe of, of headhunters. They're on that specific island of Tobago. And that's where we were at. So I, I still get a kick of, uh, there are spots where like shots where I was like, I was, I was there. I know exactly what beach that is. I know exactly where those cliffs are because that's where we went uh, snorkeling at. It's just, for me, this is, I have personal love of this film because it reminds me of my honeymoon. But you know, awesome. and it's, it really do a good job of showing the gorgeousness of some of these Caribbean islands. Yeah. This film, no, has, has they were awesome. wonderful filmmakers, production in every way. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, the soundtrack is not spectacular, but it's good. Well, it follows on from the first uh, soundtrack, which was excellent. Yeah. This is up to par. Uh, does it? Does any particular thing stand out from it? Not really, but it's all good. Like there's no bad sequences, and the ones that are excellent are still excellent. I, again, the technical execution of this film is fine. The, uh, let's talk about the actors. Actors all do fine with the parts they've been given. Um, everybody in this film can act. No one is bad. The only or... reason I like Orlando Bloom at all is because it's work with pirates. I thought he was just very stiff. Don't get me wrong. When you look at Legolas, I'm like, yeah, well, you want a stiff, pretty thing. You know, his, I thought he couldn't act, but comedy's hard and his comedy's good. Yeah, I think it's really like so, we finished doing Kingdom of Heaven. So, yeah, I love that movie. Yeah, but he's not, as you saw in the show, he's not my favorite part. I mean, I like the character, I like, I like a lot about that. He's great film. Uh, but like, he's adequate in that, in that, in my view. He doesn't. He doesn't care. And it, it, it's obvious in the early scenes with Liam Neeson. He, he can't be on the same scene with Liam Neeson. It's just not, he can't. Yeah. He, ain't got that, he ain't got that much oomph. On the other hand, Liam Neeson is not funny. That is true. That is very accurate. <laughs> that is accurate. But, uh, and I agree, you know, maybe they don't, I mean, here's the thing, they're trying to make Will Luke Skywalker. Right now, he's got to save his father. You know, they there's a lot of Luke Skywalker tropes in Will, which unfortunately don't really translate as well as what I think their intentions are. Just as um, Elizabeth is supposed to be kind of a Princess Leia-esque character, but th- they wisely don't, they put her in a more different, you know, um, you know, box, which I think was probably better. Davy Jones is not Darth Vader, but it's just, you know, there's that in- intention there. Uh, just as Beckett is not is kind of the emperor, but he kind of isn't. So it's like when you take these themes, you're trying to make it work, at least to make that reference. But with the pirates films, you're supposed to you've got this whole universe. You don't have to directly rely on that, but that's what they went for. And I understand that's their you know that may have been just the easiest way to make the plot work. But at the same time, is 
I think Bruce is right. If you just simply had them find new, uh, at, you know, a new adventure with Jack, not with Will and Elizabeth, it would have been a far more interesting. Well, no, but like you even hide it. You hide that they're in it. You don't promote them. You make it like another Captain Jack adventure. And then in the third act, when they show up in Bailey's house, it's like Luke showing up in the middle of Buck's bedroom. You know, like they did the house goes wild when they come over the horizon and like, are we rescuing your dumbass again, John? Oh, no, that's actually a good idea, too. Once again, but I think because Orlando Bloom was so big of a star and here now it was such a big rising star, you got to have them again. That's, mm -hmm. you know, that's I, uh, once again, I think that's the point of, well, we, they had, they were in, they were the stars of the first one. Why wouldn't you know they what, this? Disney just doesn't understand less is more. Well, this is actually one of the last films that uh, Michael Eisner was directly still in charge when it went in production. So I think this is a little bit of Michael Eisner's, you know, fingerprints on this. Cause right after this film comes out, he, he leaves and Bob Iger or while they're finished, oh, yeah. Bob This Iger reads like CEO crashed the creative meeting. And Iger notoriously, he just, I'll just buy, buy things, put them, those people in charge, and I'll just sit back and make sure nothing, you know, crazy happens around the bottom line. So, which is, I think, unfortunately, I wouldn't see the later pirate movies after this. They do kind of go all over the place, but I think that's also why they slowly started backing up, you know, the fourth one's fun, the fifth one's okay, you know, the, and we should point, but Man's Chest is not the, not the worst of the pirate films. This is so, you know, that's true. This is a dis this is disappointing to a lot of people, but I still say this is a fun film. It is, you know, yeah. at worst end is better than this one, and then after that, like it's a toss up, which is you consider the the worst one. Yeah, I have a hard time separating my like personal tired of it because I was it was a little overexposed in our social group, and I got tired of it. So I'm not fair judge of which is which. Agreed. But I kind of got. Well, Valley, what do you think? Um, what do, you're the one who uh, you like this yeah. film more than I do. Clearly, um, what do you think about these criticisms I've thrown at, at this wall here? I think, as far as critique, I think a lot of them are accurate. I, I, however, watch pirate movies because I like drinking rum and sword fighting. So, <laughs> I would love to sit down and watch Cutthroat Island with you. Oh, that's such a great movie. It's just ridiculously <laughs> stupid oh. and fun. <laughs> oh, we'll, we'll do it. Uh, it's great in a horrible, horrible way. It is great in a horrible way. Yes. But no, I, I think my favorite part of the movie, just as, as, as an emotional clinch for me, was the ending when Barbosa shows back up. Like, I, th I thought that was well done because even though the monkey went in the back room, you know, this is all happening, you never really think about who's in that room until he walks down the stairs. And for me, bringing him back was kind of their saving grace because like you said, yeah, they kind of went all over the place, but then they brought Barbosa back, which gave you hope for the, the sequel. <laughs> and it did. Uh, the nice touch of him eating an apple. I thought yes. that was very clever. Yes. So I, I think that with the movie, it ended really well and it ended knowing there was going to be a sequel. There was no question about it. So I think that that kind of revved people back up for maybe the next movie. So I, I, I kind of feel like it was an adventurous placeholder until they got to the next one. <laughs> I mean, it. I, I know I've bagged on this movie a ton. It's not that I hate this movie. I don't hate this movie. I think this movie's pretty darn good. 
I mean, I sat through Transformers 2, so I know what terrible big-budget movies are. Um, yeah. so I'm an old-school Transformers nerd. I love Transformers in ways man probably shouldn't. Um, those movies, I want to take a knife and a fork and dissect those movies because they are, they are bad in a way I can't explain without going on a 40-minute rant about why filmmaking is awesome and why michael bay should never be allowed to touch a camera (laughs) well with this one i like i like movies that progress movie making and this was one of those again that progressed movie making because they were able to do things with cgi they hadn't done before um like i was reading up on some of the stuff with the tentacles where they were cgiing the tentacles and stuff there was no blueprint on how to do that they actually had the animators go back and watch some of the old like Godzilla movies, Godzilla versus King Kong, I think it was. And they had an actual octopus in that one moving over miniatures. And so they used that to animate the tentacles on Davy Jones and also some of the Kraken. So there were things that they hadn't done before that paved the way, like I said earlier, for some of the movies that are coming out now so that they have a way to make these movies more realistic, better. You know, like we were saying earlier, this one, the CGI ages well, you know, I mean, I, I, I was so impressed with that. Like, it even looks good on small screens. Yeah, and, and saying it's the 15th anniversary made me suddenly feel old. So, yeah, thinking, you know, 15 years ago, the CGI was, was really good, and they've just used that to springboard off of for newer stuff, and it still hasn't gotten better enough for you to see a big difference. So they were doing amazing things then that they still haven't been able to improve upon so much that you notice a difference now. Yeah. If that I makes sense. This, yeah, this film is essentially the first real to look at what Lord of the Rings did and really make it work. So, yeah. uh, I mean, the first one did as well, but this is the post, what I call Lord of the Rings. Mm-hmm. Hey, they figure out how to do motion capture. Let's do it this time. Let's yeah. go for it. And this is also the idea. They also figure out, hey, we don't have to motion capture everything. We can put like a starfish on Stellan Starsguard, and that's that's enough, you know. Like they yeah. balance it out, so it, it's not everything has to be full in CGI. There's a you can do practical and CGI with it because you know, they built the Black Pearl. Nowadays they, you know, just digitize it. Right. I call this exceptionally executed That's why I can't, you know, coming to the end here. I cannot go bad on this. It's got to be nerdy or even good, except it's not good enough to be good. So it's got to be nerdy. And that nerdy is sometimes a cop-out town. Like, you can hit me on Yeah. But, <laughs> but, but, like, I can't bad this because so well done. Flawed script. I, I enjoy I watching think, it more than once. All right. Who could, what, nerdy, good, or bad? I'm going nerdy. I'm going nerdy. Ner- nerdy to good. It's, it's kind of, it's in there somewhere. <laughs> well, uh, I want to rate the season as a very high bad or a very middle road nerdy because the writing drags this down so hard for me. Like I watch this and I just get mad at the writing and it makes it unfun for me. Like I can't sit down and watch this film. I don't want to sit down and watch this film again. Like I only watched it for you guys. I just want to know that. Rum first. I mean, yeah, maybe I should have drunk rum more. Lead with the rum. Lead with the rum. Um, This is not a movie I want to revisit. I will watch it with other people if they want to watch it. I want to drink when I watch this movie. And it's not, again, I wish I had seen this movie first and then watched the second one or the first one. 
But you can't go back in time, uh, your scarf notwithstanding. I'm going to go ahead and rank it a nerdy just because it's not bad. It's not so bad that it makes me angry. It's, it's more disappointment. It's more, this could have been so much more, and it didn't live up to the expectations I built up in my head. And maybe that's a me problem and not a movie problem. Well, I think you're right, because in the first movie, like you've mentioned, the characters had a great character development arc. They, they were not the same characters at the end of the movie as they were at the beginning of the movie. And in this one, they kind of flatlined or regressed a little. Yeah. And so and thinking about after you mentioning that, thinking about it that way, that's very true. And I can see how that's frustrating. Yeah. But again, that's why when you get to the end, you've got Barbosa, you're like, there's hope. <laughs> there's yeah, hope for this yeah, next one. Like the third one. Yeah. I'm surprised they didn't do a romancing the stone with this, where instead of opening on the wedding, open with the relationship on the rocks. I'm surprised they didn't maybe like jump further forward because that seems to be easier because it can reset the characters a little bit. I don't know. Well, I think that they did a good job starting with the wedding because you have built such an investment in their relationship during the first movie that the beginning of the movie having the, the wedding being, you know, crashed and all this kind of stuff the rainfall all of that you, you kind of it's it's gut-wrenching for you if, because you've built such an attachment to them and then they just kind of go after that point <laughs> Wait, the opening is fine like yeah. open on the wedding that's great but then the characters just completely regress in terms of their relationships to at least jack sparrow and some of the other characters too to this yeah, i don't trust you i will slit your throat to get a coin attitude and that's not where they were at the end of the first film. Yeah. I can yeah. see that. The and the crew was probably a misstep, but I think they wanted to make sure he was involved. So, you know, that's well, not probably that's that's where they squeezed him in where it didn't work. I'm glad you went dirty, Will, because I think that's fair. And I'll I'll, I'll throw out like my evaluation because the, what are, were they trying to do? One here, I can't really use because I don't know what they were trying to do except make money. And all the professionals who showed up polished this thing to a wonderful degree. So it's a weird work product, but I'll go to another one of my evaluations of bad and good. I call this, if Bruce knows you're buying weed, that's bad. <laughs> because I'm not in that world, but I'm adjacent to a lot of people in this world. And if I can see that that happened, you've done it wrong. <laughs> And the way I apply that to a film is if I can see a solution to this credit problem, probably you as a professional should have done better. That's so fair. It's, it's here, I kind of am like, guys, but I honestly don't know what I could have done with the script to make it better. We've all sort of thrown out ideas. I don't know that they did a bad job because maybe there's, you know, just no good job to have here. Too many tensions. Well, like, I think we agree. Everything behind the scenes is great. I think we all have issues with certain decisions they made script-wise. But, like I said, they didn't make... A, it's not like Batman and Robin bad, where you put a lot of money <laughs> off it. It's not Transformers 2, 3, 4, 5 bad. It's not Highlander 2, the movie that never happened bad. I don't know <laughs> what you're talking about. That was clearly fan fiction. Yeah. Fan yeah. film. And, 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 <laughs> That's the key. It's like, I like to say, it's a sequel. It is, I hate to say it's a sequel, but it is. It's, it's not Wrath of Khan. It's, it's like, it's... Uh, Undiscovered Country at best. 
Yeah. No, Wrath of Khan is what's going to happen later when they hear us shitting on the Simpsons and Star Wars. <laughs> We're fucked. You know that. We're fucked now. We're going to go hide in a hole when we get out of this podcast. Valley <laughs> say. <laughs> Legion there. So. I, I'm just saying that if you've got an old franchise, you got to work on it and you got to think real hard about what you're writing. And that's and you got to bring in a breath of fresh air. And again, I know I've been harping on this. Like I know we're not. I know we're talking about Pirates of the Caribbean, but seriously, Lower Decks, Bad Batch, these kinds of explorations, Mandalorian, Mandalorian in long-running series or in long-running franchises. I mean, hell, the what ifs, the what if show. All of that is of the form of expand and adjacency. Find a thing that was part of your sauce and make it the new center. That's the formula that wins. Well, back to pirates. Uh, I mean, what do you guys think about the the rumors of what they're doing with the pirate, you know, franchise at this point? Because there's been talk that they're going to reboot it. There's been talk that they're going to continue it with Jack Sparrow. There's been talk that they're going to actually make Red the new pirate. I mean, yeah. How do you guys feel about that? There's three options. Okay, one, if people get over Johnny Depp's personal issues, he'll be back. They've said right Right. now he's not. at the flip side, if you make a, a Pirates Caribbean without Captain Jack, will people go see it? Don't know. But or do you do the uh, third option, which is recast mm-hmm. someone Captain Jack like a James Bond character? It's I don't see that happening. Tones. Does anybody really want somebody else to take over that part? I don't think so. So it's like this, trying to recast, yeah, like Sandina Jones. There's just people don't want that. Yeah. So the question then becomes is where do you you know what's your best option? Uh, I think if they wait a little bit longer, maybe Johnny Depp's issues will be finally, will kind of be swept more on the rug. I know mm-hmm. Johnny's becoming a bigger thing on Twitter. So it's, and if anything can you get a movie done, it's Twitter feeds. Right. Well, I know so, that they've talked yeah. about casting as, you know, a reboot with Red as the main character, which I have mixed feelings about because naturally I think it's cool. But at the same time, I also think that it's putting a female lead for the sake of putting a female lead, and that just makes me mad. I still yeah, think so. it's hard. Yeah. I don't know that I have any inclination how they win with this. Yeah. But I mean, I will say this. The recent spate of adjacent stuff that's been done and out of Disney, like in letting Loki come into exist the way it did, <laughs> shows they are getting smart about some of this. I think they maybe they will surprise us all and do something super amazing. That'd be nice. Yeah. Unfortunately, I've only seen the first three Pirates of the Caribbean movies. I haven't seen the next two. I, I just lost all interest in the... Uh, the third one was like, yeah, well, it's over. Yeah, I'll have to see it again. And they're like, oh, we got a new one. And I went, yeah, you do. That's cool. Good on you, man. Um, I, I think a reboot would be wrong. I think I think a reboot would be wrong. I don't think mm-hmm. you need to do a reboot. I don't think there's enough time. A recasting is not something that's good now, but maybe 10, 15 years from now, you could recast. Yeah. I do think a series of movies focused on like maybe Will and Elizabeth's son mm-hmm. would Personal be characters. I think yeah. you could do something with it and like have have Jack Sparrow be the old, the older, wiser mentor figure. Who, and then, like, you know, who's lost, like, you know, something's happened. He's lost all desire to be a pirate. He's, like, working at a bar or something, and this kid shows up on his doorstep because his mom and dad got sunk in a shipwreck, and they left him a letter with this gold coin or whatever. On the fifth film. 
And, you know, and then Jack gets pulled in for one last rousing pirate adventure to save Will and Elizabeth's souls from the new uh, captain of the Flying Dutchman who's like Beckett for some reason. Why? I don't know. He's evil. Pick a guy. It's, it's played by Tom Hanks. He's evil. It's fantastic. <laughs> That's the kind of thing I think you could pull off. I am safe from the Tom Hanks friends here. Tom Hanks is safe. (laughs) I think Tom Hanks is an evil pirate captain who has it out for somebody for reasons. I mean, you could come up with a thousand piratey reasons. Um, I do think Disney's getting better at adjacent media introductions. Mm -hmm. Um, Sea of Thieves is a video game. It's very pirate-based. Um, stuff. just done an amazing crossover event with Pirates of the Caribbean and it fits and it, they meld the two worlds fairly concisely and it works like story-wise take that take that make a universe make Sea of Thieves the movie and then bring in Pirates of the Caribbean from the depths I mean do Can something like- may I offer a brief anecdote and a slight shout out I have one thing I have to say uh, as you guys may know, well, Valley, you may not. In 2008, I had a 14-month, um, slightly not continuous, so it went over 2008 to 2010, contract in Orlando, Florida, with a theme park running room agency. Okay? Uh, NDA sort of thing in my industry. Uh, and in my time there, I met my friend Leo. Hi, Leo. This is for you. Leo may have had a job or may not have had a job at various points where he came to acquire a Captain Jack outfit. And he just lived in that for the entire 14 months that I knew him. If I saw him after work at the bar, he was still in, to the point where I didn't know his name was Leo for eight of those months. Everyone just called him Jack. And he would just go to bars and get free food and drink continually. He spent no money to feed himself in all of those 14 months. Well played. How bad, like how big is that phenomenon? Yeah. That's the point. I mean, just like we said, Dragon Con, on average, how many Captain Jacks do you see uh, every year? Well, it's it's petered off a little bit, um, but... I mean, even this year so far, I've probably seen three or four in yeah. the last two days. So, yeah, I mean, I think that's the key. It's just that I, I, But I think we've got a lot of listeners. I hope you enjoyed this uh, video episode. We're going to try to do more videos every now and then. This is kind of just a case, depending on everybody's schedule. So, hey, DragonCon, you're on TV. <laughs> All right. Okay. So, folks, please, if you like this, uh, please hit us up on our Facebook group, Fans Good Bad Nerdy Movie Podcast. Also on Twitter, Good Bad Nerdy Movie Pod. Guys, thanks again for doing this. Uh, any last words? Can't think of it. Why is the beer gone? The rum is not gone for me yet. Hey, I have to First, go find some rum. I've, I've not made it that far yet. That's my next. I, I know where rum is. All right. All right, folks, thanks for listening. And please, 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 if you're going to make a deal for a lease agreement on a pirate ship with a dark, evil force of an undead pirate, sign up for the automatic renewal. It just makes it a lot easier.
Oh, that was one other quick thing that was really cool I was reading about. They actually did two full-scale ships for this movie. They actually did a full-size Dutchman and a full-size Black Pearl. So those there's actual full-size ships they used, which I thought was really cool. Yeah. We know you want, want one of them. Uh, <laughs> I, I want one. Who wants to join my pirate crew? Thank y'all for watching. Yes. All right. Bye. All right.